Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, happy Friday and welcome to Newsmax Daily for March 10th, 2023. Your inside track to all things Newsmax. Today is National Ranch Day, as in dressing, not the ranch that you may live on, known as the ultimate condiment now for any and all occasions or foods. National Ranch Day is always on March 10th, which means it's not always on a Friday, which is a great day, though, because you're likely going to eat salad with ranch dressing or some wings with ranch if you're going out today because it is Friday. It's also National Mario Day, as in the Nintendo character, which came to be because writing out March 10th sort of kind of looks like the word Mario. I just deliver the news. I don't make it up. The big news today is this morning's jobs report for February showing the economy added 311,000 jobs. That was better than the expected 300,000. That is down from January's 504,000, but still very solid, showing the labor market is solid. This after stock markets and your 401k took another big hit yesterday. Dow Jones Industrial Average was down more than 500 points for the second time this week. Also in the news, Emmy Award-winning actor Robert Blake, star of Beretta, Don't Do the Crime If You Can't Do the Time, one of my favorite shows as a kid, has died at 89. He started acting at five years old in the Our Gang comedies, had several notable movie roles, and was acquitted of killing his wife in the late 80s, possibly most notably known for that. And then he was forced to pay her family 30 million bucks, though, in a civil case, which sent him into bankruptcy and a downward spiral. Life. Wow. What a web it can sometimes weave, right? Robert Blake, dead at 89 years old. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell still hospitalized after being treated for a concussion after taking a fall a few days ago. Although I refer to him as Marble Mouth Mitch, I did wish him a speedy recovery, and I did see on social media that many people were not so sympathetic to Mitch. Chris Salcedo had a great take on McConnell's fall and his policies. Despite everything McConnell and his coalition have done to us over the last six years, I still felt empathy, admittedly pity for this man. I think it's a testament to the superiority of the conservative worldview, a view that McConnell and his devotees reject in favor of the Democrats and their big government extremism. You know, I did see some of the reaction online, many folks suggesting that Mr. McConnell, through some balancing of the cosmic scales, had finally been dealt some of what he's been dishing out. But I, I couldn't go there. Despite all that he's done, all the harm he's done to this country, to harm our future, even our existence, I wish Mitch McConnell a speedy recovery. It is ironic, though, under his leadership or lack thereof, our nation seems to reflect Mr. McConnell, fragile fallen and in grave danger. 
It has been McConnell and his ilk that have either joined or allowed the Democrats to attack anything and everything that keeps us free of government coercion, threats, and intimidation. For example, the McConnell Surrender Caucus sat idly by while Democrats targeted gas-burning stoves, of all things. And even though their attacks, as is almost always the case with left-wingers, they ended up being based on lies, junk science, and ignorance, they were allowed to attack, attack us consequence-free. The attack on the clean, burning, abundant, and inexpensive fuel was designed to keep the government in charge of our lives, remove our freedom and independence, and just another mechanism of control. But that's all the left is good for, control, these days. That's Chris Salcedo, host of The Chris Salcedo Show. The big story your friends, family, and co-workers are probably talking about today from yesterday is Biden's budget proposal, which would raise the top personal income tax rate to 39.6% from 37% for Americans making over 400000 bucks. It also proposes increasing the federal capital gains tax to 39.6%, up from 20%, a huge increase for households making over a million dollars, and notes that it would, quote, finally close the carried interest loophole. That's only the beginning. We get more from Rob Schmidt tonight. Biden wants to raise the corporate tax rate to 28% from 21%, which means bye-bye jobs, of course, going to most other first world countries that are smart enough to keep a tax rate, corporate tax rate, in the low 20s. And he wants to levy a 25% billionaire tax on U.S. households worth more than $100 million. France tried that one. It was a complete disaster. All the rich people left France, and they canceled it immediately to get all those rich people to come back with all the money that they spent. On top of all this, the deficit 2024 would still increase from $1.6 to $1.8 trillion, even with all that tax money destroying our economy. The debt would swell to over $51 trillion in the next 10 years. Trish Regan joins us now, more than aware as I am of how ridiculous this thing is. What a sad story. I'm just laughing. I, I appreciated your description of it, which was quite good. But look, I mean, it, I think that, and, and thank goodness, this is not gonna get through, but this should be a wake up call. Yeah. Now we need to really understand and comprehend that this is not your father's or even your grandfather's Democratic Party. This is something entirely different. I, I was looking at this today and I'm like, okay, so it either proves one of two things. He really does have dementia, as many people have suggested, uh -huh. or two, he's a communist, or I guess um, both of the both of the above. See, all Look, the above, yeah. It, it, yeah, all the above. It is, it's not, it's never going to work if you try to basically disincentivize businesses and people from earning more money. How do you think you're gonna grow the economy that way? You mentioned this quote unquote mark to market of assets. So, okay, you have a house, your neighbor decides to sell his house and oh, maybe it's a good market and he gets twice the valuation for his house. Well, then what, you're going to owe the federal government the difference because they're suddenly saying, oh, your house is worth twice as much yeah. as you thought it was. It is so preposterous. It's but so again, preposterous. important that we understand the mindset of where they really are, Rob. And you know what? It's, it's, it's so sad because if it, they could take 75% from all of us. And within a couple years, they'd figure out how to piss it all away, and they'd be coming back saying, you're not paying your fair share, and we need more. We have a spending problem. We have never had a revenue problem. We spend five, we bring in $5 trillion a year, an amount so ungodly, I can't even fathom it. 
and they managed to waste it all. And I mean, even the, even in Congress, they admit, yeah, probably about half of the money you sent here is wasted. That's Rob Schmidt, host of Rob Schmidt tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern on Newsmax. There's a good chance that right now you're thinking, I'm all for helping Ukraine, but the Biden administration has given Ukraine some $200 billion, and now they want more money from us. Well, Rob and Trish Regan discuss that as well. I am very, very much in favor of finding a solution and making sure everyone in Ukraine is safe and they have freedom. But I'm going to be honest, you look at the numbers here. We have spent in a year almost as much as we spent 20 years in Afghanistan. I mean, these are big numbers that we're talking about. The Wall Street Journal estimated more than $200 billion. Janet Yellen is saying we're going to give another $10 billion. We know that the defense secretary in Ukraine was fired for corruption. Yep. His deputy is alleged to have stolen $400,000. Again, it's the problem of government, yep. right? And that's what's going on over there. But think about what goes on here. We just give. We just give money to whatever yeah. Problem is out there, and we think that money is going to solve the issue. Yeah. It's not always money. It's often management, and that's what we're lacking right now. We do not have a CEO they, of this country. Yeah. We don't have somebody that's running things and making sure that the trains, literally, I know you were just talking the, about the Ohio, um, are on time. Yeah. I mean, we are in a very, very bad spot. So you can't throw more money at it and expect it to solve itself. And they sit there and they scream in your face about fair share. And I just I like to pound this into people's heads so you can tell everybody, you know, the top one percent in this country bring in 20 percent of the wealth and pay 40 percent of the taxes. And over on Capitol Hill, how about the House weaponization hearing? Republicans have brought in two of Elon Musk's public scribes to release cherry picked out of context emails and screenshots designed to promote his chosen narrative. Ranking member Plaskett, um, I'm not a so-called journalist. Uh, I've won the National Magazine Award, the I.F. Stone Award for Independent Journalism, and I've written 10 books, including four New York Times, New York Times bestsellers. <laughs> That's Representative Jim Jordan. You hear laughing there at the end. Four New York Times bestsellers, so-called journalists. That's award-winning journalist Matt Taibbi on Capitol Hill sparring with Democrats during a heated House Judiciary Committee hearing on the so-called Twitter files. First, the, the FTC is asking for your background, and now the, the ranking member of the Committee on the Weaponization of Government is asking for your sources. If I never asked them for their sources. Yes, I did, did not. All right, for more on this, let's bring in Wyoming Congressman Harriet Hageman. Congresswoman Hageman is a member of that weaponization subcommittee. was at today's hearing. Good to see you, ma'am. Uh, listen, I, I was sort of taken back by Democrats sitting there normally defending the media, going after these guys saying, tell me your sources. Did Musk tell you this? Did he not? It was almost like a role reversal. Well, and it was much worse than that throughout the entire hearing. Really, the message that I think that the Democrats sent today was they don't like the First Amendment. What they like is they like censorship and they like to control what people can say and what people can hear. And so we had two gentlemen who appeared before us who are admitted Democrats, both of whom said that they voted for Joe Biden. And from the very first moment that the Democrats started questioning them or doing an opening statement or anything else, they just lambasted these two gentlemen. Uh, it was extremely interesting to watch. But I, again, what I will say is that the, the, the Democrats are terribly concerned 
about the fact that we have a First Amendment right in this country, and I think they'd like to see that changed. That's Wyoming Republican Congresswoman Harriet Hageman, a member of the House Weaponization Committee on Spicer and Company with Sean Spicer and co-host Lindsey Keith. That's afternoons at 5 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. And the key word there is House Committee. The Republicans control the House. But what will happen when weaponization gets the Democrat-controlled Senate? Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee spoke about it on John Bachman Now. Let's welcome in now Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. She's a member of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Senator, great to have you with us. Good to be with you. Thank you. You know, it's shocking, I guess, every time we learn more about how much coordination apparently there was between the federal government and big tech to push a certain narrative. And I think the question a lot of us are left with at this point is, you know, will this go anywhere? I mean, this is a House Judiciary Committee. Republicans control that side of things, but Republicans don't control the Senate side. What does the Senate plan to do with this information? Yes, we are looking forward to taking some of these bills that come over from the House and exercising Rule 14 and moving them directly to the floor and calling the vote on some of these bills. I think that that is going to be important for us to do. Reigning in big tech is a priority that I have as the top Republican on the Consumer Protection Data Security Committee, where we oversee the FTC, we oversee the tech sector. And we have held so many hearings focused on what big tech is doing to children and their data and how children are being so adversely impacted. And John, I think that that's going to be the starting point for us. My Kids Online Safety Act, I actually think that is going to pass in the next few months. We have built bipartisan support for that. And close behind that, we have my online privacy bill. Uh, We have data security. Uh, the Open App Market Act. Again, that has bipartisan support. And those, some of our colleagues who are Democrats are beginning to realize, because they're hearing from their constituents, they're realizing that the way big tech tries to control what you hear, what you see, what you say, what you think, and thereby how you vote, that this is a problem. Again, that's Tennessee Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn. And another heated hearing was the Senate Committee on Environment and Public Works hearing to address the threats from the Norfolk Southern toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. We have announced direct investments of over $21 million. We have provided support to more than 4,400 families through Norfolk Southern's Family Assistance Center. That's the company CEO, Alan Shaw. For more, we go back to Rob Schmidt tonight, who spoke with a couple of East Palestine residents. It seemed like the, the federal government said everything was fine right, right at the get-go. And now you've got all this hesitation from Ohio's EPA, which is, you know, a lot closer to home. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't think any of the information got to them like it should have at first. I mean, I think this was trying to be swept under the rug, and I feel like now they're coming on late and seeing that that this is really way worse than they thought. Nathan, uh, when it it comes to moving this toxic waste, uh, the Norfolk Southern CEO couldn't answer where they were taking it to. Let's take a listen to that. Do you know where the waste is going to then? It is. um, We're in the process of working with the EPA 
on a number of facilities. But we haven't identified where it's moving to yet. Senator, we're in the process of working with the EPA on a number of facilities. But we haven't identified a place for this to be removed to yet. Is Senator, that accurate? Senator, I want to make sure I give you the most accurate. I get that. Yeah, I'm just saying, is it accurate that we don't have a spot yet for it? Senator, we are moving some off-site. Where is it I'm, moving to? I'm, I'm, ha I'm happy to give you a, a list of those facilities. Could you do that for us, please? I, I appreciate that. Well, don't want to say where it's going, Nathan. It seems like this is a problem that nobody really wants to deal with. I think they'd really appreciate it if you guys would just kind of shut up and disappear. Listen, when I work, they have hundreds of tanks that they're filling with this stuff, with the water, with the dirt. They, I, where it's going, I have no idea, but you would not believe how much they're taking out of here. And the other day when it was raining... The road was flooded over, and I don't know where, but they just all day long backed truck after truck after truck in and pumped it full and took it out. Don't know where it's going, though. Although some of his answers, well, many of his answers, were vague, CEO Shaw vowed to make it right, saying the company is prepared to be there for 10 years from now, if that's what it takes to recover, but made no specific monetary or resource commitment other than referencing how much money they spent in that earlier cut. This is going to be a long, long road for the people of East Palestine, the company, uh, the Congressional Committee, so on and so forth. And still no announcement from the White House on whether the country's CEO, the so-called comforter-in-chief, will comfort any of those residents. But after one meeting at the White House this afternoon, President Biden will head for his Delaware home again for the weekend. Remember, if you're not already watching Newsmax TV, you can find it on most major cable systems and most platforms like Amazon, Roku, Pluto, and many others. If you have AT&T or another provider that doesn't carry Newsmax, call them up and tell them you want Newsmax TV. Be sure to get the Newsmax TV app as well. It's totally free. Then you can watch your favorite shows like Wake Up America, Spicer and Company, Prime News, Chris Salcedo, and all the others anywhere, anytime you want. Thank you very much for listening to Newsmax Daily. I'm Tony Marino. Have a great weekend doing whatever it is you love to do on the weekends. And be safe. We'll see you back here on Monday. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.